you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we fix an old world dam, help a new break tradition, and explore a drone hangar looking for parts. Welcome to episode 30 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. Yes, and I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the show and about the game, so please join us on our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. We have channels dedicated to the Horizon series, and there's some spoil channels in there too, if you're farther ahead than everybody else, so feel free to hop in So, quick recap what we talked about last episode is we finished all of the main story in horizon you know including the dlc like all the story is done uh we freed cyan from hephaestus and unfortunately Araya died uh but yeah that's where we are in the game we also made silence pretty mad by talking about his past he's a little touchy about that so uh he's <laughs> touchy about ep- everything so that is fine. true that's true. So in this episode, we're actually going to be talking about side quests. We actually originally planned on doing this in one episode, but as I started breaking down the side quests, I'm like, yeah, we got to break this up. It's so much. And going back through the side quests, I think the DLC has the best side quests in the game. I agree. There's more. I think there's more options. Like there's. Obviously, there's less side quests, but I feel like you you had the percentage of side quests to dialogue options is higher, I think, than the main game. I think that the side quests have just better characters than the main side game side quests. Also that, which is really hard to do because I feel like the side characters or the side quest characters were still, for the most part, pretty good. The majority of yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Even the Aaron characters like uh, was it Varga, I think it's a... Bergen's Bergen's uh, daughter, I think. Yeah, yeah, she's great, like, and she's and it's just an errand. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like in in the full sense of the word. So yeah, like they did a really good job with the with the side characters. So it starts a little stiff though, because Lulai. When I'm talking to her, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be. It's she's a little. She feels a little stiff to me. But other than her, like the rest of them are pretty. Actually, they're actually pretty good. So. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, let's talk side quests here. Actually, you know what? Before we even talk side quests, you know what we forgot to do that I'm thinking about? We actually didn't talk about the tall neck. We said we were going to talk about the tall neck. And when I was editing that episode, I'm like, we never actually talked about the tall neck. Like, we mentioned it, but we didn't really, we didn't really talk about the fact that it's a very different tall neck. That you don't just go up to it and try to find a way to hop onto it. You actually have to find those pieces to reactivate the tall neck. You know what? We might have mentioned that we've were looking for the pieces because I mentioned how the Banuk were dead in front of it. And you're like, Oh, I see. I just went and got the parts to put them in. But I don't think we actually said that it was frozen in ice. No, what I said is that I went around the other side 
and went up to the top because I knew that the Glint Hawks were there. And then we got sidetracked and we never talked about the fact that we actually had to go find the parts to reactivate the tall neck. That's right. We did talk about the area, but not. Wow, that's funny. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Oopsie. So um, that's uh, I'll say oopsie like uh, that uh, employee at the visitor center did the Dodd Blevins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that was very unique. I wonder if we're going to see something like that going forward where you don't just have to like, you know, hop onto the tall neck that you actually have to do something to maybe activate it or, or, or something else. I was a little annoyed that I activated it and then had to jump on it. I was like, I can't just like (laughs) jump on it from here or something. I don't know. That is true. But you know what they did do in this case to kind of let you know where to go to jump on it? They had those little flags on the rock masses. If you saw a flag, that's where that's a place where you could jump on the tall neck. I didn't even notice because what I did for the tall necks before is just wait for the audio log of Aloy being like, oh, I can jump on from here, which is what I did in this instance. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing. I actually missed the first jump point. I'm not sure how, but I did. And (laughs) I noticed I had the flag and I turned to my left and there's another place with a flag. So I go there and I just wait for it to come because I was not going to wait for it to make that full circle. That is a that's a pretty large area. (laughs) Can confirm I waited for the full circle. Yeah, they just don't move fast enough. They just don't. So. But yeah, that was a uh, that was interesting. Like that was a they definitely they they did a couple different things in this DLC than that they probably wanted to do in the regular game, but they couldn't. I mean, for instance, you could see with the last cauldron was completely different than all of the other ones. So I'm sure they wanted to have variation in it, but you know, there's only so much you can do within a development cycle. Exactly, variation in the cauldrons, bosses for the bandit camp. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a, this was a, like. They kind of rocked it with this DLC, you know, and I I mean, I appreciated it the first time because, you know, DLCs are kind of short usually, but I think I spent about 10 hours in it the first, the the first time I played it. And I mean, from a story perspective, it's not that long. You could just kill that entire story in a few hours, you know, uh, three, maybe three to four hours, if that, but, you know, with everything together, it was all, it was, it was, it was a really nice uh bow to put on the game to finish it so good job as i eagerly await their their the dlc for forbidden west as i'm looking <laughs> behind me forbidden west is going to be unlocking in a few hours here so not even a few hours um it's, it's on the tv behind me christina can see it better than i can <laughs> uh but yeah so well, let's talk about the first uh, side quest that you get it's called waterlogged and at song's edge you meet Lai. And uh, once again, Aloy is minding somebody else's business because as she's walking by her, she hears her talking about flooding. And she's like, I heard you talk about flooding. What's going on? Like, why do you care? You don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Lala, she's she calls herself the drummer of Deep Din. And she says Deep Din is a chamber made by the old ones, but it's also musical instruments. And then she plays, quote unquote, the pipes. Uh, and her father used to play the pipes before her to rally the Banuka against the Karja. And she says they don't really have battles much so more. So she plays more for fun now and to remember her family. So she said like one day it was dry and the very next day it was flooded. And she said there was no rain or anything like that. And so she asks, uh, so she doesn't ask Aloy to do anything. Aloy's like, well, I'll take a look. So this is completely just minding somebody else's business because right. she didn't even ask for your help. 
Right. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'll take a look. You know, oh, pipes, you got to play those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? The funniest thing is she's like, how can it just be flooded? Like in one day, there's no melt, there's no rain. Guess we'll never know. Like there's no way to fix it. And it's like, well, if it happened, something happened to make that happen. Like I, she's just dismissing it. Like, oh, we'll never know. Pipes right, are yeah. lost forever. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, you know, Aloy, she does go to the lake where Deep Den is and confirmed it is indeed flooded and says the source is probably somewhere upriver. So she follows it and going upriver, she follows it and she finds a dam and it doesn't take much to figure out that something happened to the dam. But Aloy does not know what this structure is, you know, so she enters the dam and climbs to the control area and she immediately sees that someone else has been there very recently. And uh, in the control area, she actually finds a data point from some uh, of the employees there. And uh, these data points all have additional text logs. I'm not really a fan of this. I just want you to say what you need to say in the audio log. I'm not a fan of it, but I really like this story. Also, looking at them, I think the the person that did the emissions joyride is the same person that's in these logs. The emissions joyride? Yeah, the one that the 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 emissions joyride log, the one that says that she redid. I keep trying to call him Todd Dodds Dobbs Dodd, Dodd Blevins. Yeah. yeah, redid his his thing. Her name is her name is Laura, which is the same name as the yeah, but, one girl. But she worked at the the the, the Laura at the vi- that was Laura at the visitor center versus Laura the. The, the dam worker and there is a, a data point where they talk about their last day and on their last day she had she, like, she immediately went from the dam to uh her from the dam to her vert that took her to indianapolis i have this that i found it right outside of the dam yeah it's right outside the dam it's actually not at the visitor center oh it's not at the visitor center no, there was a lot. They were spread all over. I'm not going to lie. The the locations that they were spread were very random. Oh, actually, you know what? You're right. I think it is her because it's to Shelly. Shelly was the person who was writing the actual text data points. Shelly's the one who's writing the data points in the dam. Yeah. Laura is the other person. Oh, it says Shelly so, in there. I didn't notice because when I first yeah. picked it up. Oh, because it says shells at the end. When yeah. I first picked it up. I had no idea who these people were because I picked it up before I went in the dam. So I didn't put two and two together until like now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, yeah, the, I thought it was actually at the, um, I thought that was one of the employees of the, of visitor the lodge, of, of the visitor center. Sorry. The visitor yeah. center does have a, a audio log of Da Blevins, whatever. Complain- Dodger. Just call him Dodger. Dodger. Call him- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Complaining about the visitor center. So that might have been yeah. the confusing Maybe, part. Yeah. So yeah, like okay, so she was the one that killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, yeah. Makes it You're better. Correct, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they um the, I actually I did not catch that. Okay. Nice one. Nice. Uh so um they are being replaced by feral servitors, so they're losing their job. And um, they left tapes around the dam 
of their they said i think the first data point says they they're going to leave tapes around as a way to haunt the dam and their tapes of they are of their rehearsals in the dam because they made a band called concrete beach party which we're going to go ahead and talk about that a little later uh like i said if they like they weren't doing that much so of course it could get replaced by servitors like if you have time to, re- to rehearse in the dam right you know there's not much to do so but i i, I want to talk about those a little later because so we could just talk about them all together uh but yeah like the first thing you kind of see like there's like a control panel and things are red on it so obviously things are wrong and then there's also one of those time control pu- puzzles on the wall that we love so much uh so one of the doors is locked. You can't get through it. Aloy cracks the other door open and she can hear someone calling for help. And uh, they've trapped themselves behind a door, but Aloy can open it. And it's a Banuk. I said a Banuk, sorry. It's actually a uh, Asaram. Asaram named Gildan. And uh, he was trying to actually get in the room that was locked next to the control room. But he says he saw an intricate looking glass in the room. And it reminded him of one his mother had. So he was going to try to get it. He took one of the rings out that you need to unlock it. Because once again, you, you do have to remember that they cannot see the stuff that Aloy sees because they don't have a focus. Uh, which actually, it comes back a little later. He says something about that. <laughs> like yeah, a little later. yeah. And, uh, you know, that didn't work. So he started messing around with the control panel. He starts like, I guess he hit a button too many times and it caused the control panel to short. And then that's what causes the flooding. So actually, the main chamber of the dam is flooded now. And that's what caused the flooding down in uh deep den because deep den is the overflow basin of the dam so he says he went to go check it out there was a bridge that he you know according to his words that he gently stepped across and it collapsed and in his panic he dropped the ring or the emitter that's what it is in the water and the door locked behind him and that's how he got stuck in there so he was actually very happy to see somebody in there did you hear did you just listen to the stuff that he was saying though before you let him out uh wasn't like no i'm trying to think what he was saying because he i know he said he was like really happy to hear somebody moving around in the facility so when you get there because as soon as i walked in as i'm investigating i'm hearing him shouting like help me i'm in here and he's like you're not saying much you can't be a snap mall snap mall can't come down here unless you're like a really small snap mall or something (laughs) like say something (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i like this is like this is one of the 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 new characters they really introduce you to and he'd be great to be in like almost every character they introduced you in the dlc you'd want to see in the next game because he's like very animated but he's also mm-hmm. like super positive yeah. um yeah like you know so like for example because like, Aloy tells him you know the control panel is the only way to uh fix the facility and gildan he thinks that they're like if they get that other door open there's probably parts in there to fix the panel and he wants to work together with Aloy to get rid of the water in the main chamber because they have to go down and get the emitter. But when Aloy is like, well, how are we going to fix it? He was like, two hands, two hands. That's how we're going to fix it. Like anything could be done with two hands. Like his, uh, his reaction to it, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what they're going to try to do. I mean, everything he says is actually pretty positive, even at the end where it's a little bit sad, but you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, you work with you work with Gildan like you have to like lower these um, these platforms that stop the intake of the water. These gates, I guess you could say, they stop the intake of the water into the main chamber. 
and it lowers the water down. And once the water is cleared, it reveals a snap maw. And uh, it's a demonic snap maw, but you still just go down there and like beat it up and kill it. It actually swallowed the emitter. So (laughs) you kill it and get the emitter out. I try to kill it from the stairs. They shoot really far, by the way. Oh, the snap maws? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to be someplace where you're enclosed when it starts, like, spitting the ice at you. Yeah, I I made that mistake. It's fine. He he ended up dying. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's it's a pretty easy fight, even though it's a a demonic one, so it's got a bit more health uh, and a bit more damage. Uh, So, with the water lowered, there is a door uh, that you can now see. And it takes you to one of it takes you to one of those new puzzles, one of those new turning puzzles. But it's different. It has nothing to do with light. It's more about water. Like you have to redirect the water through the pipes because Aloy, you know, she wants to get all of the water on, in the dam dumped out. Like you have enough. The main chamber is clear, but you still have to worry about deep den, right? So, um, yeah, you do that puzzle, which was pretty simple. You know, uh, I mean, it's the same exact mechanic. I actually did that puzzle before I spoke to Aurea because it was kind of on the way. So that was yeah, the first time I saw it. So I was like, oh, this is cool. This is new. Yeah, having to do a puzzle that doesn't involve four directions. Right. I was still <laughs> turning, but not like the same turning. Yeah, exactly. So uh, once you get done with that, you and Gildan, you head back upstairs to the control room and Aloy, she uses the emitter to unlock the room. And this is when Gildan's like, uh, what are you doing with your hands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when the door unlocks, he was like, oh, he's like, I thought you lost your mind tickling the empty air like that, which is pretty funny. Yeah. yeah so at you. that time, I forgot that they can't see that because there's some things like holograms and stuff i was like oh they can't see that because i have my focus but they can so i'm like what can't they see so i forgot that they can't see like the directions of of right exactly yeah yeah mostly everything Aloy sees is through the focus but like that's why the hologram in uh fire break was different like it looked different because it was an actual like hologram that anyone can see (laughs) <laughs> you know. Right, which is also in Firebreak, they make a comment about that too. Because if you pick up an audio log, Array is like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you just sitting there?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm listening to a message from the old ones." Oh yeah, she does say that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's right. Artox says something in response to that too, but like, I can't remember what he said. I think I they said re- they were like, "Oh, is it anything good?" And she was like, "Not yet," or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is anything helpful? Or probably something like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, once you're inside that room, Aloy is able to find a power cell and also a data point. It's just another data point for from the employees there. And Gildan, he's looking for the looking glass, but he can't find it. And if you, you might miss it if you go talk to him too fast. But if you listen to his dialogue before you talk to him, he says, I can't have imagined it. One doesn't imagine something or well, such a thing, not two delves in a row. So this isn't his first time seeing a looking glass that looked like his mother's looking glass uh he just really wants to find this thing and his eyes are playing tricks on him i think because it's probably just like a mirror right and he had an alarm clock in his hand so i'm wondering if he saw like reflections from like lights and different pieces of glass and it just made it look like a mirror Actually, the funny thing about that alarm clock is that it's like a 1930s alarm clock (laughs) 
and they were in like 20 what like <laughs> you know you know 2040 something well, 2050 they still something make, they still make alarm clocks like that and why would they have one in a dam <laughs> in uh yellowstone uh, to be fair the the girls that were there were pretty I don't know. They probably decorated it. They could have just decorated and brought. Listen, I had really weird stuff at my like not my last job, but the job before like a Phil Collins album, like vinyl. Like, I don't know why it just was there. So you brought it there on purpose. No, it was just there. We found it between the desk. I don't understand why it was there. (laughs) Okay. so. Well, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but he says, uh, he's like, oh, no, it's not here. It was just a trick of light. And he was disappointed. And you could really see it on his face that he was, like, disappointed. They did a much better job of facial, facial animations in the DLC, like you yeah. had pointed out earlier with Aloy. And, uh, you know, he tries to get positive, though. He says he's fine. He says, you know, what's the spoils compared to the Delve? And, you know, uh, that's why they do it, the Delve, not the Treasure, which isn't really true. But, you know, whatever. Uh, that's not what Olin would say. And his last name is Delverson. I wonder if uh, Gildan's last name is Delverson. Because, you know, they have those very literal last names. Maybe it's can't find anything, Erson. Because he talks about his last delve, which was basically in a parking garage. Because he talks about, like, oh, it's this big building that's, like, 13, like, different floors, but there were no walls and all of these, like, big carts. But I didn't find anything except birds and bird nests. So I wonder if they use these big carts to transport the birds back these and birds forth. Are, yeah, I do remember that. That's <laughs> right. I forgot he said that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the carts were for? Yeah, I totally forgot he said that. The first yeah. time I went through it, I didn't understand. I thought it was like a a store and shopping carts but then i listened to it again i was like this is a parking garage and these are cars (laughs) (laughs) yeah i totally like i totally forgot he said that that was funny he was a great character he was yeah yeah so i mean like i would see it's a shame because normally i was obviously i put the audio logs into the to into the show but like for time purposes because we have so much to cover like i'm not doing it and this is the time where it would have been great to have (laughs) to have audio logs there so uh but you know he says he'll never forget this you know he's trying to really put a a positive spin on the entire experience and anyway she does she grabs the power cell heads back to the panel to try to repair it uh which she does and she gives Gildan the honor of hitting the button and when he hits the button it corrects the flow of the dam and that also clears out the overflow basin so uh you know he calls Aloy a master of the arts of the old ones I'm like that's kind of sort of true kind of kind of sort of true she knows more than most so yeah I was like if you had a focus you'd also be able to do a lot of this stuff (laughs) (laughs) you know so and uh, he invites her to come to Song's Edge and tell the story with him. But I never saw him at Song's Edge after that. I forgot to look. There's like only one person I think I followed up with at the end of the side quest. But I totally forgot to look. But I don't think I saw him there either. Yeah, like I don't recall seeing him there at all. So, And I've went back, I think like two times. I definitely went you back know. a few times because that was like... I did that in the very beginning part of the DLC. Yeah, I was hoping like maybe I'd hear his voice or something like that, but nothing. So, hmm. uh, but Aloy, she heads back to Deep Den, and you can already hear Lao Lai playing the pipes, and I'm just like, okay. 
but uh, the entrance is surrounded by demonic snap maws, and I killed them, but I don't think it's really required. I think you can slip past them if you really want to. I killed them before. Uh, so when I first walked up, I actually killed them because they were swimming in the water. And I think she made a comment on them. So I was like, oh, I got to kill these. I didn't have to kill them. But I guess if you do, then you don't have to fight them on your way back. Right. Yeah. The reason I killed them and not just snuck past them is because they were demonic. So once you kill them, they're gone. You don't got to worry about them anymore. I didn't know that. That makes sense because that's how the corrupted machines work. Duh. That's why yeah. I didn't respawn. So I don't. Re- and the thing is, I don't go past that area too frequently. So I don't know if they respawn something else in its place. but. I was like, well, these will be gone. So I just I just ended up killing them. So and it was funny being in my case, I would pop the sack. Uh, I actually I've been calling it frost juice, you know, mm-hmm. but we know the, the we we know the name of it. It's it's chill water. That's what's in there. Right, it's, actually yeah. chill, it's chill water because yeah, sometimes when they shake, <laughs> they have chill water pop off of them. I think their job yeah. is to collect it. Their job is to collect chill water. Well, well, part of it, like I think they collect it and then they shed it off. Well, they're oh uh, maybe maybe they turn the garbage into chill water. I don't know because oh maybe yeah. Their the the job of the snap malls was to clean the polluted oceans. Yeah, because if you if you hang out around them long enough, they like get up on land and shake off their little chill water tanks. I don't. Yeah, usually when I'm seeing them, I'm down. I'm counting. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've avoided a few, and then I'm like, oh, is that chill water? And like pick them up as I'm going around. Yeah. So what I was doing was I was popping their chill water sacks and they were so close together, it would freeze all of them. And then I would like kill one and get one down health and I'll pop another sack and I basically just kept them frozen. Because unlike the frost claws, even though the snap maws are not weak to frost, they'll still stay frozen for a while. Right. You know, so that's what I told you in the beginning. I told you in the beginning of the game, ever frost everything. Everything is weak to frost. Even stuff that's not weak to frost is weak to frost. I can't wait for them to change that in the next game, and then you're going to be upset. Oh yeah, I will. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to find something else. So, uh, but yeah, so you go inside and you'll find her banging away at the pipes, and she'll ask Ailey what she thinks about the music, and I'm like, oh, please give me a flashpoint. Give me a flashpoint. Nope. No flashpoint. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't because I wouldn't want to pick whatever compassion answer was. <laughs> yeah, Aloy's yeah. nice. She's just like, I've never heard anything like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, me either. So, you know, Lola, she, uh, she said she, she learned to play by ear while strapped to her father's back. And she thanks you for draining the water for both her and her ancestors. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the end of that quest. But like I said, we did find like data points of, you know, the employees that used to work there and there. It's basically the story of Shelly and Laura, the murderer, as we know <laughs> her now. Uh, but they were the last two human workers at the dam in Yellowstone. And the workers there, I think I mentioned it before in a previous episode that the workers there got replaced by Pharaoh servitors to keep the firebreak project secret. And, uh, yeah, the data points were from the perspective of Shelly. Um, she originally didn't think that she would get close to her coworkers, but as things started to wind down, she did, she definitely got close to Laura and I know Laura introduced Shelly to a bunch of new music and they eventually created a band called concrete beach party. And the reason they can't use that name is because, uh, one day they set up like a, like almost like a beach party inside the dam 
with plastic beach ball, you know, passing the beach ball back and forth. They put sunscreen on their nose and Laura called it a concrete beach party. So that's how they got the name. And later on, like, yeah, did you hear Cyan say that she found their music? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Because, and that's, that's what I think. Like if you go back to her after you do stuff, like that's all that happens. It just unlocks more things to talk to her about. Right. Which this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. She says she found the music and learned some colorful language. (laughs) So uh, they used to practice inside the dam and then they did their final performance in Deep Den, uh, which you can get, you can get that. You can listen to the song, uh, you know, if you, if you really want to, but. You know, you just you just learn different things about him through the data points. Like you find out that Shelly was um was it Shelly wasn't Laura. I think Laura was unhappy about going like she was like she did not want to go back to live with her parents or go back to live in her parents' house in Indianapolis. But things got worse when she found out that Metallurgic International bought the entire neighborhood to make like a server farm or something like that. Mm-hmm. And would they would and she'd actually end up living in like a small apartment with her mom. Like she when she went back to Indianapolis, which was inevitable because they were closing, well, they were getting rid of her at the dam. She was gonna end up going back just in time to help her mom pack up the stuff and then move to wherever they were gonna move. You know, because they have like displacement grants, but she says. You know, based off of what she says, it doesn't sound like that much. Yeah, it doesn't sound you know? like they did anything for uh, past employees or whatever incidents, just hearing, you know, all of the other yeah. stuff that go on in this world, in the, the old one's world. It's the world yeah, of the machines. Exactly. The world of the machines, yeah. Uh, you also learn that one night they got, like, really drunk at a bar in a ghost town because, you know, since people weren't working at the park anymore... The, the surrounding area, I guess, like the businesses started to go downhill. But there, there's a bar that's, I guess, ran by like a, a bot or something like that in Cody, which I'm assuming Cody is a town near Yellowstone. I'm assuming. <laughs> um, yet another uh, U.S. location I have never been. Um, but uh, yeah, they they uh, got like really drunk there and uh, had a fight with each other because secretly they both thought the other person would abandon them, you know, but they made up. And by the end of everything, they were both content and they knew they weren't going to lose each other, even though they'd be really far apart. So that's like basically their story. And then everybody died. Yes. Later, everybody dies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is true. I the only thing is I wish the end of the story was like, oh, yeah, we just like moved in with each other. I would have been like, yeah, that's sick. Because it seems like it seemed like that's where it was going to go, where they were just going to be, you know big chilling with each other but they just went their separate ways so that made me sad yeah i mean because shelly stayed in cody i think she was from there and then laura went back to indianapolis a fugitive from the law no, no, not really. like, no <laughs> nobody knew <laughs> that she had she she had a body <laughs> nobody knew she had a body so right but yeah so that was waterlogged that was one of the that, i think one of the longer side quests you know like i i think uh, so we'll move on to, uh, actually the next one's an errand. It's called a shared secret. And at song's edge, you'll meet Kamut. And he is, uh, he's a shaman. He likes Aloy's spear. He says he can see the blue light in it. And Aloy points out it was made by someone she knows, which was silence. I wonder what happens if you go there before you get silence spear. I was going to ask that too. I wonder if it's not even open. I wonder if you have to get silence spear in order for that quest to be open. Maybe. 
see, I know that you can actually get modifications for your spear in the main game now too, because before you could not before, like, like, so before the DLC came out, you could not get modifications for your spear. Spoiler alert, that's what you end up getting at the end of this. <laughs> but, uh, you could not get modifications for your spear. Once, once the DLC came out, that's when spear modifications started to show up. So I don't know. I think maybe they, you just attach the rail to your current spear. Maybe. And maybe he just makes an extra comment because you have the, the blue one. Oh, because you have the, um, the corruptor thing on your spear. So maybe that's what he's talking about. No, because he he said, uh, I could see the blue light on your spear. She said it was made by an acquaintance of hers. And he said a right. shaman. And she's like, no. Right. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he just won't. Re- he just won't reference. Right. Like, oh, she won't okay. reference that. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So. Uh, but um, yeah, he says he says a shaman, but he always says a tinkerer. And he says a tinkerer does not understand the spark in the metal, the song in the metal like this. Uh, so, you know. We know that well, Shaman, you know, we don't think that Silence was a new Shaman, but he did know their secrets because he got invited to the Conclave secret party. And, uh, you know, he probably, I wonder if he used Banuke's secrets to help build that spear of his. Maybe. So, but uh, Kamut says that the spear can be improved on and he gives you the location of a facility that has metal birds. And he tells you to look for a rail inside of one of the metal birds, the length of your spear. And uh, Aloy, she finds this facility at the northern end of the map. If you're, if you're like, so I found this coming from Orea's retreat. And it is, you can get ganked by us, by a uh, frost claw here. I saw that and I was able to avoid them. Yeah. But there's like no real good save points in that area. And I was like pretty much to the end of what I wanted to play for that day. And I get up to the hole and I was like, no, I'm just going to teleport back. Like I avoided everything. (laughs) And then I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. If you cut that corner, I was able to, to avoid the shit, the snow, the snow claw, sorry, the frost claw. (laughs) But if you cut that corner a bit too, too, too fast, (laughs) like that, that frost claw is right there and it'll smack you right off of your mount. Which I'm assuming you'd be riding your mount. (laughs) I might not have. I might have just been running, but I haven't. Got, I didn't run into any instance where like a machine like knocked me off my mount or I got into a bad area with frost claws. So I was really lucky. Oh, and this and this DLC, I got smacked off my mount once by a ravager that chased me because the ravagers move faster than your mounts, and a ravager chased me oh. and it hit my mount and I it smacked me off the mountain, like it smacked me off and Aloy fell and started sliding down the mountain. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, crap. <laughs> you know, so um that was actually during the next uh side quest we're gonna talk about, but we'll get back to it. So either way, uh you get to this facility and you drop down into the facility, uh, you know, do you using your signature move, jump first, throw the sec- you know, throw the rope later. And uh there's an unavoidable stalker trap down there. As soon as you touch down, you're going to uh, activate the stalker trap. So right there, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a stalker fight right here. But no, the stalker never appears. Uh, so, I mean, at some point, you know, a stalker is going to come out. I shot them. It worked this time. I just shot them because I was like, oh, if it appears, like, it won't see me up here. And it didn't. Oh, uh, yeah. I jumped down first. I did not see them 
from the top. So that's why I said, yeah, not today and turned around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, when you're in the facility, uh, you know, Ayla, she'll traverse the facility and um, you find out those metal birds are like airplanes. But I think they're drones, not like, but they, they look like they can hold humans. But I do think that they're drones. Yeah, I think they said that they're drones in a few of the yeah. logs that you find. They're just really big drones, like really big drones. Like I, I know the size of drones that like, you know, we have now. And the, right. I, I'm like, are these the drones that Blevins have flying around? You know, because that's one of the things that cause suspicion about Firebreak. There's a um, there's a data point you can find where somebody talks about a news article. They have a news article in it where a, a civilian mentions Firebreak. Well, sorry, the article mentions Firebreak by name, but they thought Firebreak was some type of um, bioweapons program. But they say, yeah, people around the Yellowstone area see drones flying around their house. And I'm like, you see that type of drone flying around your house? Yeah, that's a, that's a big drone. Yeah, that's a big drone. It should be way higher in the air if that's the case, you know? Yeah, because so, then how would they even know it's a drone if it's that high? Right, yeah, a drone of that size. <laughs> you right. know, that's, that's, yeah, so. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, you find an audio log of Blevins resetting the hollow lock. This is actually how you get the, the combination for the lock. I think you can also look to the side of the lock and get the combination, but he tells you that the combination in his little audio log. He did it to stop the punk technicians from technically speaking doing their job so like you know that's this is why nobody likes him and nobody cares that he died man like nobody (laughs) cares (laughs) uh and so there's another log from blevins belittling somebody named mr pines who i'm assuming is like maybe a lead technician and he said he ordered security drones and they were delivered with cameras uh but he you know when he said security drones he wanted them to have weapons so he can stop an act of terrorism what he was saying and he keeps name dropping Ted Farrell and says that Pines will have to answer to him and the board of directors directly. And he says that him and the technicians don't understand how to protect the country as well as he does. And the only words he wants to hear from him, like the next words he wants to hear from him are, are I understand Mr. Blevins. So he basically wants him to re-outfit the drones with like weapons and guns and stuff like that to protect a Yellowstone park that nobody's in. Right. Like no, there's really not any people except the people there for fire break. He just he's so. just drunk on power. Definitely. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like he, he, he's definitely using his connection to Ted Farrow to be a bit of a jerk. So, yep. Um, there is one final data point from Harris Bonner to Kenny Chow, who I'm assuming is the head of the hangar. And he said, well, we had to recalibrate the entire fleet to be more aggressive because that's what Blevins wanted. And he says a Rottweiler m- mounted to an ICBM wouldn't be aggressive enough for him. And uh, he uh, he said the drones were outfitted for war, but they're patrolling an empty wilderness that Blevins can so that, you know, Blevins can play war on that uh, Firebreak's dime. And he asks Kenny to uh, ban him from the hangar, which I don't think he did because Kenny probably wouldn't have wanted to start trouble. But I mean, nobody likes Blevins. Uh, Blevins probably he's probably that type of guy that's like, oh, no, they're all wrong. Not me. I'm right. They're wrong. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, he's that right. type of guy. So, uh, but yeah, after that, you know, you find the rail inside an undisturbed drone. And while you're heading back out, that's when the stalker appears. Like it jumps down from the hole that you jumped in and it's a demonic stalker. And 
at this point, I had just gotten the Storm Slinger, and I'm like, oh, it's a stalker. This is electricity. Let me go ahead and use it. And then I didn't realize it was a demonic stalker because it was invisible. And yeah, the Storm Slinger was doing absolutely nothing to it. I was like, yeah, I don't like this weapon. So funny story here. I put down Blast Wire because when I first got in, because I was like, oh, no, what if it just randomly attacks me? But then when right. the plane, when the drone moved, because you had to move the drone to like jump across, my blast wire was on the drone. So like all but one wire exploded. This thing was a pain in the neck. Like it wasn't hard. It was just like annoying to fight. And there was one piece of blast wire that I forgot was there. I backed up and I walked through it. And like the final slither of health that it had, it ran into it and flew across the hangar. Because it died at (laughs) that blast hangar because it was jumping at me. It was was really good. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, once I put the the sling away, I just started, I froze it. And then I just killed it the way I normally do. So, yeah. But not the fire sling, the, the storm slinger. But uh, yeah, so you take the the rail back to Kamut, and he shows you how to attach to your spear, and it gives you the ability to apply modifications to your spear. And he says he helped you because the blue light is fading and the conclave does nothing about it. And he says we must fight, and Aloy's a fighter, and that's why he's helping her. And she's a bit confused, and I'm like, I'm confused too, because what exactly are we supposed to be fighting? Like, are we supposed to be killing more machines, or right. are we fighting the power? What fight? What power are we fighting here? Like, what do you mean? Like. We have to fight now. Like, what are you talking about? It's just for the like, fight, you know, the good fight. Of, yeah, the fight. Yeah. TM. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fight. TM. You know. So yeah, that is um, that one was interesting. I just like getting more information about Dodger. Yeah, Dodger. Everybody's favorite. <laughs> uh, dead security uh, director of security. Right. Uh, even uh, even the um, data point where they find out that he's dead is more of a c- celebratory data point. Like, hey, look what happened to Dodd. <laughs> 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 look what happened to him, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so, but yeah, so let's go to, or this is going to be the last uh, side quest we cover in this episode. And we'll pick up more side quests in the next episode. Uh, this side quest is called The Survivor. And not far from the hunting ground, you'll find an encampment of the White Teeth Werak. Um, and uh, they're holding tryouts for their Werak. And the test is to survive on a glacier in the knife trail as their ancestors did. But two of the triees haven't come back yet. And essentially, the ordeal consists of staying on the glacier for four days and four nights. And they can only uh, use metal to make weapons. It has to be faced alone. And it's supposed to prove that they are strong as their ancestors. That's what the the whole point of the trial is. And if somebody dies, they just leave them up there until the snow melts and then brings their bodies down. So, because he was like, he you know, when you mentioned, and I, I haven't mentioned here, like Blevins. That's how he found Blevins. Because <laughs> right. the snow started to melt and brought his body down. But um, they said, you know, Aloy asks what happens if somebody fails. He's like, oh, we note their attempt. Like, he's doing them a favor. Yeah. <laughs> He he says like oh they know that we note their attempt too, yeah. I guess it's a it's a good thing. So Aloy doesn't really like what she hears, and she goes off to find the two missing hunters once again. Miss not my war. Just right. Com- nobody's asking for her help here. Not <laughs> one person is asking for her help. So um, Aloy does find one of the hunters on uh, uh, taking on a group of watchers and Longhorns, 
And soon after that, some scrappers show up and, you know, because they want to take the metal from the machines that you just killed. And then eventually Glinthawks show up because they do the same thing. They're skyscrapers. And uh, the, you know, once you take all of that, you find out that the, the hunter's name is Ikri. And she's actually breaking tradition. Uh, one, she accepted help from Aloy. And she also stayed to help another hunter, Mei Lin, who broke her leg on the trail. And it turns out the only reason she's even trying out for the White Teeth is because Mei Lin really wanted to be a runner for the White Teeth. So, uh, you know, she's been friends with Mei Lin since she was, uh, you know, since they were both, you know, little girls. So, you know, she did this with her. But Mei Lin won't allow Ikri to help her on, uh, because of the test, you know, the rules of the test. But she needs help, and she won't take food or medicine. And the only time Ikri could actually get closer is when she was delirious. So Ikri has made a splint for Malin's leg and medicine for the pain, but she knows she won't take them willingly. And they always like, oh, let's go give it to her. You know, <laughs> miss not my war. Yep. Uh, but I'll mind your business. <laughs> That's her last name. Um, so uh, Aloy and Ikri, they head toward Malin through the trail. Uh, they find her pass out in like this alcove surrounded by long legs. And Ikri says, you know, um, you know, well, Aloy says, well, we can take we can take these machines before they get to her, which, you know, I don't really think the machines are really looking for her because they were there for a while. But Ikri says, oh, yeah, another tradition broken. And Aloy replies, it gets easier the more you do it. And then that's when I thought, how much tradition has Aloy actually broken? Because she went to the ruins. OK, well, one, she didn't go into the ruins. She fell into the ruins. So maybe I'm not even counting that one because you got to get yourself out. But she did find the focus, and she kept the focus, right? Mm -hmm. But other than that, she was an outcast, but became a brave by law, right? So she that's not breaking tradition. Uh, she was made a seeker and was able to leave the sacred lands. So she wasn't breaking tradition then because she got permission to do it. She got the other Nora to go help Meridian with the matriarchs making them a seeker. So they, she's not breaking traditions there. They just made them seekers. And, uh, yeah, like the only thing I can think of is her holding on and using the focus is, is her like kind of really breaking Nora law and breaking tradition, the rules. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you look at it like a broader lens, like maybe she didn't break tradition, but she's not following tradition like at all. It's like, I don't, she doesn't really believe in the Nora ways. She kind of just opposes everything about it so maybe she's not but she doesn't care if she was anyway i mean that's true you could you could definitely say that but like you know a lot of the stuff that she did like for example she wouldn't have had the help she needed at meridian without the matriarchs you know she wouldn't even be able to get back actually technically speaking she would if she would have just left the sacred land and tried to get back in like they would have like she would have had to fight all of the Nora to get back to all Mother Mountain. Right. You know, well, technically speaking, no, because the Nora would have been dead because they sent because they sent the eclipse. But uh, she definitely would have had to fight her way into the mountain. You know, and then Lanza would have been right. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so I mean, for this fight, I just it, the, the, when you start the fight, the machines are not alerted. So I overrode a long legs and just had it fight for me. I tried to, but I got impatient and it saw me. Really? I mean, because I'm pretty sure there's right there, there's tall grass. Yeah, but they were all like further away, like to the left and to the right. They like started walking oh. away. No, for me, like 
it one was right there when I when I started. It was right by the tall grass, so I just slid down into the tall grass and overrode it. I must have missed it. I don't know, or maybe he did walk away at that point. But I did not. I tried, and I did. I was not successful. Uh, so I actually. Um, so yeah, after that, after you take out down the long legs, then you have to fight some scrappers, and then after that, a scorcher shows up. And this scorcher, this one was a little annoying because the area is a little tight. Like it's a little tight. <laughs> like to to fight the scorcher and you know unless you fight him there, there is a like high ground area to fight him in which is probably a little bit wider open but i fought him in the area that like w- like where the alcove is which is kind of like a little tighter i think that's when i started using the ice rail more so i tied him down and ice railed him oh so you had the ice i did not have the ice rail during this fight i yeah. did this early i did this before i took down our talk I did not. I did this after because you did the hunting grounds and this is around the hunting grounds. So I did not get this quest until I was exploring. Okay. Well, that explains it. So (laughs) yeah, no, no, no ice rail for me yet. Cause once you get the ice rail, the scorches are a joke. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, after all the machines are destroyed, uh, you guys check on Maylin and they always like, oh, she's got a fever. I can feel it through the cold and she shouldn't be on this leg. But Maylin was awake and she was like, I don't need your help, you know. And that's what that's her. That's the story. And she's sticking to it. And they always like, well, she's like, you need to choose between your pride and your leg. But then she chooses the leg. Uh, so she lets Aloy put the splint on it. And uh, then she goes off on her own. Um tries to anyway she falls and then gets up and then like limps away and Ayla was going to help her up and she's like no I need to do this on my own like even when Maylin was trying to help her she said that she wouldn't allow her to give her food she what it was whatever food she could grab with her own hands while her legs was broken I'm like Ugh. see this is what I don't get because they were like oh, our ancestors were trapped on there for four days like did the ancestors not help each other they just let each other die like I, I don't think so just why I don't understand why they can't accept help yeah, exactly. Like, did the ancestors go up there individually? Like, like, <laughs> like or was, right. it, was it an ancestor? Like, you know, was it just one? So, no, you. I, had, I thought the same thing. Like, weren't they together while yeah. this was happening? Because they said ancestors. Right, yeah. So, um, you know, Maylin, she does start going off on her own and limping away. And, you know, Ikri says she hopes that Maylin will forgive her one day. And Maylin says she never accepted her help. It's the Warrick that she should ask for forgiveness. And Ikri says she didn't care about the Warrick. It wasn't the Warrick that she cared about. You know? And Aloy says that, oh, she'll eventually forgive you. And Ikri's like, you don't know us very well. She says there's only, uh, there's like, you know, many ways to express a grudge, but only one way to accept an apology. So, does not sound like she's going to be forgiven her anytime soon, if at all. Right? So. But Ikri says she doesn't belong with the white teeth because they would have let Malin die. And she has to go her own way and asks that you tell them that she died and that Malin endured. That's what she wants. I want you to go and fib to the white chief chieftain. White teeth chieftain, sorry. You're close. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because they never give a name. I, went, I even went back to see if they gave him a name. He's like, nope, white teeth mm-hmm. chieftain. That's my yeah. full name. And the shaman <laughs> is just the shaman, I think, too. Yeah, that's it. So it's like, yeah, we get, we don't have time for naming these people, guys. Like, we got to get this DLC out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so when you get back to the camp, uh, you can talk with the chieftain. And he asks you if you have something to say about Malin's return. And then you have a flashpoint. You can say, by the rules of the ordeal, she survived. You can say she endured more than most. And you can also say she gave up everything for your rules. So what did you pick? 
I wanted to say she gave up everything for your rules, but I said she endured more than most. And Aloy just was like, you know, if this is a test for endurance, she did more than most could bear. And she put the Warwick above all else. And that's the only thing that kept her that kept her going. Right. right? Like through the pain and the loss of a friend, I guess, is the, the big point of that. Right. Yeah. So uh, I picked she gave up everything for your rules and she said she refused aid. She walked back on a ruined leg and she left a friend behind. So <laughs> and the response from the chief is like, whoa, if you're getting this hot about it, you got to be telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what his response was. Um, and if you just choose by the rules of the ordeal, she survived. Like, that's essentially what she says. She survived by the rules. That's what she did. Four days, four nights. And yeah. No help. That's what she says. So. Um, but yeah, Aloy does tell her, tell, uh, the chieftain that Ikri didn't make it. And, uh, Malin says her name will always be forever be in her song. And the shaman is, the shaman's kind of funny because she's so dismissive. She's like, okay, we'll mark her name down. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> did, you know, did you talk to Malin after the quest was done? I did talk to Malin. Did she say, well, okay, go ahead. I was going to say, did yeah. she say anything different, but you don't see what I, I wrote. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she basically called Aloy Batman. She was like, so you just show up and aid strangers and then vanish, which I feel like this is she like Aloy's Batman. Honestly, she did not say that to me. Yeah, no, really? Yeah. No, we had, is a different response, I guess, based on your flashpoint. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she said, this is what you do. You come in this, uh, from the snow, eight strangers, then vanish again. Even so I didn't expect you to vouch for me. And Aloy says she doesn't hold anything against her. And she's upset because Ikri was her only friend and she could have died. You could have died too, all because of my mistake. And the law of survival would not allow such a waste, which makes no sense because you're about to die for this Werak. So if there's a law of survival, like none of that made sense to me. <laughs> no, it makes sense to me. She does say that part. So I'll come back around. So, so for me, okay. she says, uh, she says, I didn't lose everything. I could have laid down and died. And she's like, oh, well, no, you, she's like, yeah, well, you survived. And she's like, you don't understand. She says, you know, she also kept to the law. And she says, Ikri could have died for a mistake as well as Aoi. And that the law of survival wouldn't allow for such a waste. And that's what makes them strong and cold. So what she's trying to say is, if she hurt herself, she was going to die. And by Ikri and you coming to help her, you also could have died. So that could, that could have been three people that died instead of just one, mm. is what she's saying. So let the one person die instead of letting three people die. Right. Is essentially what she's saying. It's not worth it. Wow. So, she was it, really mean to you. Yeah. Well, that's because I picked the aggressive response. So <laughs> she gave me an aggressive response. But uh, Aloy says she grew up with laws like that and it brought her nothing but pain. But then Melee hit her with, got her, got, got her with the got her question. Like she asked her if she actually believed in those laws and Aloy had no response. And then Malin scoffs. And says it's her choice and her pain. And then after that, she says she has nothing else to say to you. This is the first time because Aloy, I feel like the entire time is trying to break people out of these traditions and whatever thing yeah. they're in. I feel like this is the first time where someone's like, yeah, I understand how this looks, but I don't care because this is what I believe in and this is what I care about. I think this is the exactly. first time someone's actually said something like that to Aloy. Right, because she, you know, she does have a little bit of a, a, a nose in the air problem, you know, to yeah. a degree, you know, so like the one person she really wants to break out of it is Varl. 
And uh, I don't know, in about 30 minutes, I'm going to see how fast I can get to Varl in this game. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, but yeah, it's like, that's the, the like, she does want to be, uh, she wants, you know, I think she wants, she wants to be able to share her knowledge with somebody. And I think she wanted Silence to kind of be that person. She got excited a little bit with Silence. And then she just realized quickly that Silence is like a, a real, you know, douche. So yeah, that's not going to work out, unfortunately, for her. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. She has nobody to talk to about anything. So Yeah. And even Rost is, uh, you know, because Rost is gone, as far as we know, anyway. I really hope he didn't die in the last game. Yeah, I'm I hoping really to hope. see him. Yeah, I hope, oh man, I, I really do. And now that's the thing, like, I got to stay away from Twitter and everything because people are going to be spoiling crap. Oh man, it's going to be rough. I, I don't think I can do that. I, okay, so I do hope, going back to the quest, I do hope that we see Ikri. Ikri, 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 yeah. I hope we see her. I, because some of the way, the some of the conversations you have with characters in the side quests make it sound like you'll see them down the road. They at least leave it open for you yeah. to see them. But my thing about the Banuk traveling, they don't change their clothes, man. They're out there <laughs> dying in the car. Just <laughs> like the, so the complaint that I had, I know I mentioned that someone was wearing like a t-shirt or a tank top. Basically, it was a Raya. She doesn't have sleeves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, so they don't change their, their clothes no matter the weather. Yeah. Like, actually, I don't think any of the shamans have sleeves now that I think about it. Oh, their chests are like always exposed or something. Because I remember now thinking about a shaman. I saw his. Uh, yeah. It was Naltuk. I saw his like, not veins. His his things going all the way up his stomach. So you're right. Maybe maybe those light uh, those light things they put through them give them some some heat. Like they <laughs> they're built in heaters. Maybe. Maybe silence must you have know. a very hot face being in the. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the sundom. Yeah. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, that is the end of of that quest. And ho that's another character, like two two characters so far that I really want to see again. One being Gildan, and the other one being Ikri. Uh, like I said, these, these, this side, this uh, DLC really just has some really good side quests. My favorite side quest is the one that's coming up next uh, called Frontier Justice. Like, that's a really cool one. That's I think they had a very one, cool yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, we're going to cover that in the next episode. Like I said, we were planning on doing this all in one shot, but we have at least two more side quests to go and then a bunch of errands to talk about. So we didn't want to throw that into all into one episode. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll pick up with uh, the Frontier Justice next episode. And then after that, we have a couple more things to talk about. And then the next thing you'll hear from us is Horizon Forbidden West. So. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to keep up with what's going on with Mash Those Buttons and this podcast, please uh, check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop Tart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also the host of another podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales. We talk about Final Fantasy 14 content. So come hang out, chat with us. We are also on the Discord too if you just want to talk about 14 stuff. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Jostradamus. And you can also find me on our Twitch channel sometimes, Twitch.tv slash smash those buttons. And uh, yeah, if you uh, want to, please come into the Discord, mash.gg slash Discord. We'd love to hear your comments and questions about the show, about the game, or about anything else uh, game related. So just hop in with us. 
Uh, you can reach out to us on the Discord, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, or you can also just reach out to us on email at contactatmash.gg. If you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can do that by going to mtb.gg support. And you can see all the different ways to support Mash's buttons, including a Patreon, a Teespring store, two subscriptions, and a Humble Bundle affiliate links, and a one-time PayPal donation link. I encourage everyone to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash Those Buttons. And with that, we're done with this episode. We will see you for more side quests from the Frozen Wilds. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.